<laughs> Are we accepted? Yep. Yep. Welcome to the Star Wars Brothers Podcast. I'm here with John Boyd. Hey. And Drew Shepard. Welcome home. Oh, and I'm Cliff Boyd. I didn't say that. I normally say that first. It's first. First to be third. Welcome home. Yeah. Welcome home to your galaxy far, far away. Oh, okay. I'm the Galactic Star Cruiser. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you don't have that money to drop on that? (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Neither do I. Don't worry. (laughs) How low is that price going to have to get before we do a uh, Star Wars Brothers rent a Star Wars Brothers room? Um, Star Wars Brothers podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, John, what do you think? Split the cost three ways. How low is it going to have to get? How low is it going to have to get total cost? It's know. about two. Th- it'd be about two thousand each right now because it's about six thousand dollars a round yeah. for two yeah. days. <laughs> it's it's going to have to get pretty low. <laughs> like I think uh, uh, Motel Six might have to buy it first. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was thinking dollars like two fifty a person, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like two dollars and fifty cents true if if there's continental breakfast if there's breakfast, i'm pretty sure you do i would assume every all your food is included yeah i think it's like kind of like a cruise and it's all star wars themed so they fill it up with all kind of weird food colorings and call it things that it's not and Mm -hmm. you don't really know what you're eating it's all chemically Um, i love it right it's just sort of like a chemical creation but they say it's actually really good uh, not worth the price of admission, good, but good nonetheless. So, yep, we are going to build lightsabers, though. We got to do that. Yeah, we got to do that. Whenever, uh, whenever you're ready to bring William down, John, just let us know. It's going to be a while. So, speaking of Hollywood Studios, I uh, took Luke there and Clara actually uh, yesterday. Uh-huh. Took both of them. That was my first time to have both kids by myself at Disney world. And, um, you know, I, I hate, I hate changing diapers when I'm out of the house. So me and Shauna actually have a thing. I, I actually do when we're together, I do most of the, the dirty diapers, but that's because I've made a deal where anytime we're out, she does the diapers. And anytime we're not, I do the diapers. And most of the time when we're together, we're not out. Right. And so I do most of the dirty diapers when we're together. Um, and I'm talking about number two, not number one. Um, but, uh, but she does everything because I just, I, I hate doing it. When it's out. But I took Clara anyway, and I got really lucky. She didn't poop at all the entire day. <laughs> so I got really lucky. Um, and, uh, and she's close to, to starting the potty training thing. You know, she's too, um, two in a few months, but, but yeah, the main thing I was worried about was keeping track of both of them, you know, cause if they're both kind of walking around, they are just, you can't keep up with them. They're hard to keep up with when it's me and Shauna together. So I, you know, I brought the stroller and just basically either we were, either they were both strapped in or we were, we were like waiting in line in a very specific confined location the whole day. And it ended up working out pretty well. We had a really, really good day. Had a really good day. Finally rode the the runaway railway ride. Drew. What'd you think? And and it's awesome. The Mickey and Minnie yeah. runaway railway. I thought it was so good. I've heard a lot, you know, I heard some mixed reviews, and most of them were were kind of negative, you know. And I, I guess mm-hmm. people like to complain. And maybe people don't like the animation style of that Mickey and Minnie, which I yeah, don't really the new either. Style. Yeah, I don't I don't really like it either. But the cartoon, um, the the whole thing that they did was was a lot of fun right. was a lot of fun i mean i don't know that it's like a two and a half hour wait good but it's definitely i would definitely wait in a, a line for it so. oh yeah and we did we waited like an hour and it was not yeah. easy it was a hot day i would wait an hour <laughs> yeah that's it's a good ride um but I'm there not was one anything moment. spoiler for john but there's a few moments nah, that yeah, i really I get into even care but if you go you know that it's in the same park as the star wars stuff so the poss- possibility we would you know do that as well uh yeah when uh, you come john we're gonna have to do genie plus that day um and and uh, i mean assuming lane. you won't be there for the day yeah genie plus and we're gonna have to buy specific lightning lane so we can jump to the front of the line 
um, on Rise of the Resistance. Mm. Uh, that's that's pretty much a necessity in Hollywood studios if you want to be able to go on a bunch of stuff. Although I've heard it's the most impactful at Magic Kingdom, the Genie Plus stuff. But mm. you know, if you're just if you're just there all the time and you don't, it's not a big deal to wait in line. Then it's not worth doing. But um, but if you're going like one time and you want to really, you know, burn through some of the attractions, the lines are so long right now that any advantage you can get is worth it. So fifteen bucks a person for Genie Plus. So. If it's your yeah, you know, the, whole family, it might be a lot. But next time I go, it'll probably just be me and William or me, William and Jessica. So okay. Okay. So you know trip. 30 or 45 dollars extra for the day. Yeah. Probably worth it to eliminate a lot of those weights and make sure you get to do a bunch of stuff. But yeah, we had it, we had a good day. Um, met Olaf and Clara screamed about it. That was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she was expecting. He's like, you know, you walk in there and he's like taller than me, you know, it's like this massive snowman, like a freaking Olaf snow monster. Um, and she was, I, I, I don't know what she was expecting, but it was clear when we rounded that corner that that was not it. Nope. <laughs> but I did get her to hold his hand for the picture and Luke gave him a big hug. So that was fun. Hugging oh, characters now. Funny. So yeah, they'd, they'd cut that off from COVID and they've just started that up again. So. So yeah, that's that's what's new in my world. A lot of fun. And you went to McDonald's day. too, didn't yeah. you that day? Yeah. Did I tell you that? <laughs> no. I was driving on 441 and I was like, hey, that looks like Cliff's car. Then I passed oh. it like, hey, that is Cliff. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I didn't know that. Didn't know that. Yeah, we yeah, got I mean, some... I was driving, so I didn't text. I literally did not even remember that moment until you just sure. said that too. So we got some McDonald's sandwiches on the way there try to yep. save some money and the kids yeah. being hungry at Disney because <laughs> that same sandwich would have cost literally four times the price. Yeah. Um, if I had bought it at, uh, at Disney, maybe not quite that much, but a lot more, and more the than burgers the aren't that good sure. at the quick service restaurants either. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, I, I walked into the backlot express to get water okay. and we actually ate at the toy story land and I got the brisket grilled oh, cheese thing good. yeah i didn't i didn't really like it really? and they give you this teeny tiny serving of tater tots love the um pop tarts they do there those are awesome yeah. mm-hmm. uh, they're like these special pastry pop tarts um but as i was out um we were waiting waiting for the food waiting for the mobile order to be ready i did, did it on my phone so i was in the mobile order window we're waiting for it to be ready and they gave us uh they gave us two free cupcakes just because i don't know why Love I don't it. know if it was, it. maybe they were, maybe they were flawed or something, or maybe, maybe they just wanted to do it. I don't know. But mm-hmm. she said, can I give your kids cupcakes? I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> they were good cupcakes too. I was, uh, man, Disney cupcakes are awesome. Yeah, they are. And I know you think that true. I know you like their cupcakes oh, too. I love them. <laughs> yeah. I love them. Um, oh yeah. Anyway, back, back lot express, the food there looked a lot better to me than what we had gotten. So I think next time I'm in Hollywood studios and eating a meal might do Backlot express. They have a, uh, and this is related star Wars related. They have a cookie. They sell there called the Wookiee cookie. Yeah. And it's basically just an oatmeal cream, uh, you know, oatmeal cream pie, uh, like a huge one. Um, but it's got a strip of chocolate on the top that looks like Chewbacca's shoulder straps. <laughs> Uh, it looked really good, but we had, we had already, we had already had plenty of sugar at that point in the day. <laughs> I just went in there for water. So let the kids chew on ice and cool down for a little bit. What's new with you, John? Just been, uh, been a busy week. Lost a couple of chickens. Oh, um, figured out what it is. Uh, okay. there's a coyote that was kind oh. of watching them the other day. I think I might have shot it. Hopefully that doesn't offend anybody on here. Uh, <laughs> might have missed it. Um, but I'm ready for when he comes back. So cool. Do you have some but kind it, of motion detector or anything? Or not over there. I do on some parts of my property, but Okay. Um next time I let them all out in free range and I'm able to set up, I'll I'll just set up and wait for him. So because he was just sitting there under a tree just staring them down. Mm. And uh, was it during the night that he got him or during the day? So it was around six 30 towards the end of okay. the day. So. Cause you put them in a pen at night, right? So they're protected. They put, yeah, they put themselves up in a pen and then we just closed oh, okay. the door. So, yeah. 
Yeah, but they wouldn't be able to get him at night, I assume. I mean, but, I guess you could. Yeah, I mean, lots of people deal with or something. predator problems, but uh, we haven't in, in a year yeah. and a half. Sure. And so it was kind of crazy to lose two. And uh, we actually thought maybe our dog was starting to eat them, but she's not. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it's coyote. So our John, dog's do getting you older. So she's having trouble keeping oh, okay. them away. She sleeps oh, through yeah. a lot of that now. So. <laughs> okay. Will you eat the coyote if you if you catch it? Uh, no, it? I won't. I will not. Oh come eat the on! No. <laughs> no, I'm not getting. I don't. I don't. I'd yeah. be like kind of eating a dog. And uh, oh yeah, I know. I'm just not going to do that. So, I mean, life may, situation maybe, but it was a pretty far shot and I'm not sure if I got him or not. Cause I just ran out there oh, okay. real quick and looked through my scope okay. and we well, can go look in the morning and maybe, uh, I mean, um, you homeschool your kids. So maybe you can do a, a scientific dissection. I them. mean, yeah, <laughs> we, we may look for the chicken. So, well, that's sad. Yeah. But other than that, no, it's just been busy at work. So just been staying busy with that stuff. John, do you remember uh, Dixie? Does that ring a bell in this context? Uh, no. In Nebraska, um, at uh, my, my elementary school, we hatched some chickens in class. And we had a little egg heater warmer thing, and we got to see them hatch. And then when, once they had hatched, they were like, oh, we don't want to take these home. <laughs> I do remember so that. Let, yeah, mom and dad let us bring yeah. one home, and we got this pin set up for it. had like a chain link fence. We had this thing that was already in our yard. Um, I don't know what it was from, probably something probably the previous owners put their dog up in it or something. I don't know, but we put the little chicken in there. It couldn't get out little chick. It's really cute. Um, and, uh, next morning there was a hole dug under the (laughs) the side of the fence (laughs) and a few feathers floating around, but no Dixie to be found. Mm -hmm. And uh, clearly our dog. Uh, wuzzles. I mean, <laughs> Got allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, she could have just set her free. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Then right. you know she could have gotten into some Morgan germs and and died that way. Uh, <laughs> All right, we're getting a little bit, a little bit too deep in the inside jokes, John. <laughs> I have a clue what that is. So. Going to become a stories from our childhood right. podcast. Yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the most guilty I felt someday I'll tell, maybe I'll tell the Morgan germ story, but one of the most guilty moments I ever felt was in the context of Morgan germs Morgan germs. Yep. <laughs> and a lie that I told. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that moment is burned into my mind. So father, son moment, father, son, brother moment. Someday, someday I'll tell the story. True. What's new yeah. with you? So you're talking about the Backlot Express. I just went on the website to look at the menu here. Yeah. The Glimmer and Shimmer Blondie. Oh, yeah. I saw that. It's a 50th uh, snack. Amazing. Gooey toffee, toasted coconut, salted caramel buttercream. Oh, man, yeah. I could eat that all. I mean, the Wookiee cookie's good. I don't, but I, I don't think it's a lot of buttercream. I think it's like a little dollop on top. Yeah, but, just a little dollop, yeah. it looks like. Oh, yeah. There. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Um, didn't look as big as the Wookie Cookie, and I'm a sucker for desserts that are way too big a portion for one person <laughs> to eat that I didn't eat by myself. <laughs> and so the Wookie Cookie was a is, is a big draw for me for that. that reason. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. So I just bring that up because we're actually going to Disney to it's almost today, but tomorrow Friday oh, okay. we're going to Disney for because it's Amy's birthday. And, oh, cool. Yeah. So we're going to spend the weekend at the Riviera Resort. Her parents are going wow. to be coming down, spending the night with us on Friday night, Saturday. And then uh, one of her friends is coming from Gainesville to spend the night Saturday. And so we're just going to spend the long weekend down there. We, I don't even think we'll go to a park. We might, but just yeah. hang out by the pool and just walk around, ride the Skyline or some, go to Disney Springs. So just sure. hang out and enjoy it. <clears throat> Now, the Riviera is on the Skyliner route. It is, yes. Oh, see, so you have such great access to a couple of those parks. So, yeah, we do. If it weren't for the park pass reservations, it'd be cool to just zip in on a whim if it felt like it. But. We have Epcot for Saturday just in case we oh, that's to do perfect. that. Because so, it's yeah, right there perfect. on the Skyliner route. You literally get off the Skyliner and you're, you, you walk into um, to the, is it the UK? Yeah, you walk yeah. right into mm-hmm. the UK. 
Atlanta, and we're the closest so. stop to Epcot on the Skyliner route. So it's one mm-hmm. stop and mm-hmm. done. Plus, you've got that French uh, that French bakery back there that has oh, affordable, oui, oui. awesome, <laughs> awesome, you know. And who was it? Was it you that was saying the croissants are really good in the the Flower and Garden Festival? Croissants are really good. Billy or Kristen, one of them was saying that. Okay, okay. Sean is a big croissant fan, so we're gonna have to try to hit that up before. Maybe we'll do that on Monday when we go. We're gonna get. We're gonna go with y'all too, actually. With that, we got reservations for Toby Mac. So fantastic! Great, great. Yeah, we're going to see Toby Mac John on Monday with a group of us from here. Uh, They are performing at Disney. Um, at the Flower and Garden Festival. So it'll be a little 30-minute show, you know, nothing crazy. 20, 30 minutes usually probably right. I think those yeah. shows are pretty short. But um, Hey, I've never seen them in concert, so I'm looking forward to it because, you know. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Toby Mac's not my favorite artist on the, in the yeah. you know, in, of Christian music, but that's fine. It'll be, it'll be good. Yeah, a lot of Christian artists I like, I like, and he's, he's fine. He's take it or leave it for me. So, I mean, he's no Kirk Franklin or anything, but <laughs> I don't know who that is. No grits. John, you remember grits? My life be like, ooh, ah. <laughs> Christian rap. Wow. Oh, Taking it back. <laughs> I didn't know you knew grits, Drew. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know a full set, but I know a song or two. So, yeah. I had one album of theirs, and I don't remember the context in which I got it, but. Um, it was one of those CDs I got at some point in college and listened to for a little bit. I had some audio adrenaline growing up when I was in high school. Okay. They're like the Christian rock, the hardcore Christian rock. So, yeah. All right, cool. All right. Well, we have a, a task and I've given y'all a little bit of a heads up um, about what we're going to be doing here, but it is time for the next two participants in the fellowship of the multiverse. And as a reminder, um, the Balrog in this iteration of Middle Earth has killed off the entire fellowship. And so uh, the Watcher has decided to pull in some Star Wars characters to replace um, that fellowship. And um, I've refined that story a little bit <laughs> since last we talked. And I've also, we're going to make some changes to how we do this this time. Um, I am not going to participate in the discussion. And I've given John and Drew a, a tiny heads up. You know, I, I texted them about 10 minutes um, before, you know, before we were supposed to start the podcast and let them know of the change that, that we're going to make in, in today's, uh, um, today's episode and, and kind of gave them a heads up on who we're going to be looking into and where they're going to come from. Here's, here's what we're going to do. Instead of doing just Bad Batch, um, we are going to do um, – uh, characters from the clone wars and and the rules are because we want to have some variety variety is very important in the fellowship right so the rules are that these characters have to have been introduced in the clone wars series and y'all can take the um the episodes or the comic that we read or the uh you know the book that we read anything but it has to have been introduced in that series so nothing from the movies uh, or yeah, yeah, right. Nothing from the movies at all, I guess. Right. Unless it was, I guess, potentially something from the Clone Wars that then came up in the sequel trilogy or something, but probably not. Um, these are Clone Wars specific characters that have to play the roles of Mary and Pippin, Mary and Pippin. And so I wanted to give you all a heads up so y'all could kind of get the, get your gears turning about, you know, remembering the Clone Wars and thinking about who might be a good fit here. Um, John, do you have any have any ideas here? Yeah, I do. So uh, this is a hard one because um, Mary and Pippin, uh, I don't know, uh, kind of to Drew's point that you made before this, like, yeah, <laughs> uh, not not super impactful in the movie. I mean, there's there's sometimes they were, um, but uh, so my choice, and I'll see if y'all even realize who these are. Um, or remember who they are, uh, U9C4 and okay. QTKT. No clue. Give us, fill us in here. Give us some context. Do you remember, Drew? Oh, U9C4, no. QTKT. QTKT. Nope. So, so these guys were part of the D squad. Oh, okay. Um, 
And so uh, thinking of the role of Marion Pippen uh, and how they kind of just, uh, you know, they're part of the journey. They had no idea what they were getting themselves into. These right? droids. Um, yeah, these droids didn't either. Marion Pippen didn't either, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah um, sure. But they just kind of joined partially because they were told to. Um, right. And, uh, and just for the drinks, right? Um, and so uh, these these droids had no idea really what they're getting themselves into. And then I guess kind of played a, a, a semi-important role, at least in their episodes. Right. So what um, did what did they what were these droids? What, what did they look like? If, try to give us a cue to remember. So so QTKT was, with. was a, a I guess a pink astromech. OK, pink and white. I kind of remember U9, that. Yeah. U9C4. It was orange and white. Also an astromech. Yes, both astromechs. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Um, right. Was D Squad all astromechs, or were there other droid types? There was one of the little like pod racing worker yeah, droid yeah, guys yeah, yeah. on right. there, and then there was an astromech that the the colonel drove around in. Oh, and yeah, uh, yeah, I just okay. didn't. Yeah, Unless you want to make the colonel the character, right? Right, and he didn't. He did. Colonel wouldn't. I, I couldn't stand the guy. Uh, probably the worst part of the episode, as bad as all of it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. I, I couldn't okay. really think of anybody else. There. So those are the ones yeah. I threw in there. All right. I can't remember the name to repeat them back to you, but the couple, a couple droids from the D squad, it's the pink one and the orange QT, QTKT and U9C4. All right. If those get selected, then they'll have you text me those names. Yep. So I can put them on our <laughs> list here. Um, Drew, who'd you come up with? John and I are on to something here, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Okay. I also selected someone from the D Squad. Whoa. But I selected the one you hate. <laughs> <laughs> the Colonel? Nieber Gascon. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember him being kind of <laughs> impulsive and whiny. And I don't remember okay. much about Mary and Pippin. That's but, but that's a good characteristic of them. Yeah, absolutely. They were just sort of similar to that. I was like, he was pretty whiny. He got on my nerves pretty fast. Um, and he was just always super nervous and all this other stuff. And so I'm like, that sounds, he came to mind. And then the other one, just fitting that description, a little bit carefree and impulsive was Hondo. Just with how he lived his life as the space pirate that he was okay so. okay and as a reminder this this mary and pippin are going to be accompanying crosshair uh, as our frodo replacement and wrecker as our sam replacement all right so between um the commander of the d squad the two droids from the d squad and hondo how are y'all going to decide who who we sent here well Mary, <laughs> I don't know. I don't read the books for our viewers. I, I only saw the movies. And in the movies, it sure seemed like Mary and Pippin were very much the B characters. So, again, get hate mail, but I only saw the movies. So. Um, and that seems like the perfect staple for the Astromex to go in. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm good with, uh, with Hondo. Um, just because uh, they did say some kind of witty things. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Hondo will be Mary or Pippin? I don't even know who's who. Um, one of them is the guy who, you know, over- overcome overcame that drug addiction he had. He's in the band. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the other one was uh, the guy who sang that song oh hondo has to be the drug addiction dude (laughs) i mean come on (laughs) with the spice running connection (laughs) i'm I'm making a lost reference (laughs) oh Oh, yeah 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 (laughs) because one of the guys who was one of those two i think mary's the guy who sang right and pippin is the guy who um did he fight at the end or something? No, Mary's the one who fought. I don't know. They, I mean, they both joined up with fighters. Yeah, but one of them one fought point. like in the big battle, the like the big final battle, right? 
alongside yeah. that the the woman who ended up killing i am no man you know that right yeah. they both rid on they both wrote on the tree at one point wrote on the what wrote the on the tree absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah which yeah. i guess how do you is think good how, for, you gotta think about how hondo right how hondo would interact with those ints you know that's an important moment is it really though <laughs> i don't know probably not <laughs> <laughs> I don't really remember, to be honest. <laughs> um, ints, is that the proper name for the tree people? <laughs> yeah, the, the tree people are Ints. <laughs> All right, so Hondo and who? You got one more. Hondo and? Which of the droids? I don't really even remember what happened to them. To the Did droids? they all die? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Mary and Pippin didn't. It was a terrible episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah. whole. It was a whole ending. arc. It was yeah. just an episode. Was awesome. It was a whole arc. It was like was one ending? of George Lucas's favorites. Yeah. Um, Remind cool me, explosion. With oh the, yeah, the it was like the right best on. explosion in the series. Yeah. <laughs> make the call. Somebody make the call. The orange one. The orange. The orange one. one. The U nine U nine C four. So how about Mary is is Hondo and Pippin? Wait, the the guy who's the wasn't lost. I'll figure out who that was, and that'll be okay. Hondo. That's and fine. And the other one is um, the orange one. So the one who sings in that one scene is the orange one. Okay. Uh, the droids beeping is music to my ears. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. All right, let's talk about this this, uh, this series of three episodes: episodes two, three, and four, and um. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to kind of summarize all three of them or do you want me to go one at a time? What do you guys yeah, think? Just summarize all three of them. I think that'll be fine. Okay. All right. So uh, in the first of the episodes that we watched, Cut and Run, episode two, we have the droids that visit uh, – or excuse me, droids. You guys got my, my <laughs> mind on the D squad now. We've got the clones, the Bad Batch, that they they all go to this planet – that has the deserter clone on it who has started a family and is trying to kind of stay in hiding. And they go to basically talk to him about staying hidden. Um, and uh, I don't know if that's the main reason they go, but they, they do have that conversation while they're there um, because this guy's been doing it for a while, right? He's been in hiding for a while. And so they're kind of learning from him um, and trying to get an insight from him about the lifestyle that they're potentially going to have to lead going forward. Well, while they're there, Omega develops a little bit of a friendship with, with his children, he and his wife's children. Um, and, uh, you know, they play, um, they throw, throw a ball around and, uh, she gets a chance to act like a child, which she's probably never had before, which is pretty cool. Um, meanwhile, on that planet, the empire is confiscating everyone's ships and giving everyone a social security number so that they can identify them all <laughs> um, and track uh, it, individuals have a you know have a number associated with every individual on every planet within the empire, basically. And so it's a basically a you know a, a galaxy wide census, I suppose. Um, well, obviously the deserter clone. And his family are pretty concerned about this because there's a chance that as he goes through this process, he'll get exposed. And so the Bad Batch decides he's going to help. They're going to help them get off planet. And so they uh, uh, they make some fake IDs for him. And the plan is to sneak Omega away with them. Um, Hunter basically thinks that's going to be what's best for her. It'll give her a chance to basically be adopted into another family and grow up as a child in that family um, and be able to actually have a childhood and a life outside of her association with, you know, with the clones, but she refuses. She won't go. And she wants to stay with, with, uh, with Hunter and the rest of the, the gang. Um, anyway, at the end of the episode, the family does uh, escape on a transport. And our Bad Batch crew ends up fighting their way to, you know, out to safety. In the next episode, we have two plots that take place simultaneously. In one, we have, and this is episode three, replacements. One of those plots has the, the Bad Batch, basically tech is working on 
researching their inhibitor chips to basically try to curtail any potentially negative effects that they may experience from whatever residual of this chip that they may have in their own brains and his lack of attention on you know where they're going and and the condition that their ship is in i guess as a result of them escaping from the last episode and potentially suffering some damage i'm assuming that's what it was from i don't really remember for sure they end up crashing on a planet because he's so distracted with this inhibitor chip and says hey this is the priority you know, i can worry about the ship later you know crash landing whatever this it's more important that that we don't you know lose it like crosshair did basically um but as they, uh, after they get, they, they crash one of the parts of their ship that they need to be able to leave is stolen by a little local cre- creature, very dangerous local creature and Omega and Hunter go after it. Uh, Hunter in that process gets knocked unconscious and Omega goes out on her own, basically goes into the den of this creature and, um, I don't know. I guess it discovers it's kind of nice or something. It was a little confusing <laughs> why the thing didn't eat her, but, uh, but it doesn't. And she's able to get the part and, and bring it back by the time Hunter wakes up. The second plot that's happening at the same time is that, and these aren't really connected at all, but Crosshair leads a force of conscripted soldiers. Um, so sort of a, a prelude to Stormtrooper. Right, armies. This is you know part of what the empire is doing to kind of figure out, hey, what do we, uh, you know, what are we going to use for our military going forward? Because the clones are not going to be a permanent option um, for us due to the cost of of having to produce new clones. Um, so they, they they basically have Crosshair lead a force of conscripted uh, conscripted soldiers to go and kill everyone who was associated with this, you know, with Saul from from episode one and uh there's one guy in that crew that gets sent with crosshair that stands up and has a moral opposition to what they're doing and crosshair just kills him in cold blood and then the rest of them basically take care uh take care of the mission right Uh, accomplish the mission they kill these um these folks alien folk that uh, were associated with Saul. Saul's obviously not there with him, um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Pretty much it for the second plot. Sort of it establishes where Crosshair is that and how he's being used by the Empire. And then in episode four, cornered, um, they visit the planet Pantora. Is 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 this the planet where Obi Wan's girlfriend was from? Am I associating that right? I meant to look it up. Pantora. Pantora was the blue people. Um, the blue people, the, the little girl from the yeah. Senate that had the, the general or admiral commander that was trying to boss her around. Okay. They were trying to take over the that's snowy right. land, the snowy people. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So Pantora, they visit Pantora and on Pantora, they are celebrating <clears throat> the victory um, of the um, Republic, right? Now Empire. Uh, and, and they're excited that basically the war against the separatists is, is won. Well, on that planet, Omega wants to go explore, um, but they, they need to go out and basically just get food and, and, you know, sustenance and fuel and get their bare necessities for survival, basically, uh, while they're on their planet. But where they've landed, uh, their position gets compromised um, to Finnick Shard of Mandalorian fame. And Book of Boba Fett fame. And she is she is on a mission. She's hired by someone. I don't think we know who that is. I don't remember that being mentioned. Uh, I think that's still a mystery. She's been hired to capture Omega. And we don't know why. Um, but there ends up being a pursuit. You know, she chases after her and they get away. Now, not a whole lot more to say than that. There's obviously, you know, I mean, there's more to it than just that, I guess. But that's the gist of it. Well, that's pretty much it. So what did you guys think? I enjoyed it. Which which characters interested you the most from from this arc, John? So uh, I really liked the deserter clone piece. Oh, okay. Um, because we, uh, I remember watching that one, that episode in Clone Wars where he was introduced, right. and uh, wasn't it Rex? And, yeah, his who, Rex who came across him. Yeah, yeah. And there was a debate with Rex, basically, of hey, do we follow orders here? Right. And turn him in or not. Um, and then uh, I remember saying, hey, I wonder what's going to happen to him. 
at order 66 right oh yeah. Uh, yeah and i still wonder like hey if he watches like a recording of palpatine saying execute order 66 is he gonna be like all right gotta go kill some people right mm-hmm. uh is he gonna wow. wipe his you know brain? john i didn't even think about that uh, yeah. and i i would have thought maybe they would have of course i'm thinking too deep into this taking some precautions there um, right. before shipping him off like that, right? Because sure. we don't know. I mean, we know he defied orders, but we don't know that he couldn't be affected by that, right? Even still. Yeah, you would think um, that he would. You would think he would still be sus- yeah. susceptible to it, except that he didn't receive the order, right? Right, yet. But if he just heard it yes. at any right. point in time, would that change things? Um, right. But I did like, yeah. uh, I like seeing... The connections back to Clone Wars and and revisiting that was, I thought, pretty cool. Um, and I actually kept wondering if they were going to tie that in somehow with him uh, either resisting it or something was going to happen. Um, and then also uh, Finnick, uh, I thought that was awesome to bring her yeah. because of, uh, you know, Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian and sure and uh, the connections there. Uh, I think it's Phoenix Shand. I think you Not said Finn Shard. Shard. <clears throat> yeah, I did say yeah. Shand. Phoenix Shand. Uh, okay, Shard makes me think of Shart. And uh, <laughs> what's that? So it was kind of distracting. That's when you, you That's when you fart and you also poop your pants. Uh, <laughs> John, growing up, we called that a poof. A poof, correct. Uh, gross. We had the grossest words. Now, every time I see her, I'm going to think of Fennec Shark. Fennec Shark. What is it again? Fennec Shand. Okay. Shand. Yeah. Like sand with an H. Right. Yeah. Right. Got it. Might might be worse than a poof. A Shand. I don't know. A Shand. Um, <laughs> I hate Shand. Not worse than a shark, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I hate Shand. I hate Shand. And, uh, yeah, anyways. Okay, cool. Uh, I, I really like Phoenix Shard's appearance, and then I was really disappointed in the episode itself. Uh, I thought that episode was very empty and just yeah. didn't tell us anything. It felt very filler. Like, it, like the whole episode centered around this neat cameo and gave it basically gave us no character development or contribution to the plot overall. It was like, you know, kind of a side story that had no, no real purpose for me. Maybe it's more but, than that. You know, we don't know who hired her. So maybe that was just an introduction to her greater role in, in this yeah. Bad batch series, but, but I don't know. We'll see. I do like her character. Ming Na Win. Love her. I yeah. saw her live at Disney. She did our uh, candlelight processional drew that yeah, year that we went with y'all. So she was the voice for it. I probably mentioned that on a podcast before, but, mm. um, but yeah, she was a uh, voice of Mulan, you know, um, and she was in agents of shield as well. Really liked her character in agents of shield. And then um, when we went to see the candlelight processional, which is, she's a Buddhist, but she did this whole, reading about um she mentioned that at the beginning but then she she did the whole reading of the christmas story at epcot mm. um, for their big choral production thing it's awesome that they do every year uh around christmas so she was the reader of the stuff when we went to see that and big fan of her as a you know but basically anything she's in i really like like her role in it like her as an actress and a performer a lot Drew, how'd you like her appearance in this? I mean, it it wasn't as good as her Kingdom Hearts appearance, but you know that's hard to beat. So. <laughs> did she voice Mulan in Kingdom Hearts? I don't remember that. I'm sure she did. Yeah, I'm she sure probably she did. did. Yeah, she probably did. Uh, and that no, would have probably been before she was really big too, and she was like just the voice of Mulan and had probably done a whole else. You know that. No, point. Agents of Shield was not a thing that I'm sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Back in 2005. Probably, yeah, yeah. Was it Kingdom Hearts two that she yeah, would have been, been probably? Two. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So oh. I'm I'm torn a little bit because after seeing the Bad Batch in the Clone Wars, and then really the first the first episode, which was a mini a mini movie, 
you know, they, they right. set the stage for them to be an elite group of soldiers with unconventional, unorthodox sure. tactics, special forces vibes. And there is a definite switch here with these next three where they are going in a different direction than I was thinking, you know, where we're seeing a, a different side of them. You know, there there's action, but it's not really that that kick. But I mean, they're, they're still fighting, but it's almost like they're just playing at times. I felt like they were just playing babysitters. I mean, and sort of mayhem and madness ensues where, oh, we're trying to get this to happen. Oh, but that Omega, she disobeyed orders again. Oh, Omega, she's on the ship. Oh, no, what are we going to do? And I, I don't know that I disliked it. It's just not where I thought the story would would go initially. Um, okay. Yeah, I agree. Everything overall for these three episodes felt a lot less um, meaningful. It's like they're trying to establish some character development, but it's not that deep. It's all a little bit shallow. And and I noticed that especially with Omega in particular, um, it's a lot of of really at least the well, no, all three episodes, all three episodes were very Omega centric, right? Because the first one, she's um, she's interacting with these kids and you're sort of getting, getting some insight into her as a child, as a clone on, you know, Camino. Um, you get some insight into her, um, uh, you know, lack of experience slash desire and, you know, motivation to go after this part with Hunter in the second episode. And then the third episode, she's the target of the, the kidnapping, right? I guess if you could call it that. Um, so she's very centric in all three of these episodes. And, and I didn't find her especially interesting other than in that first episode, I did think it was cool when she came off the ship and saw dirt for the first time. You remember that she walks off the ship and, and gets down on the ground and starts feeling this dirt and is like, Whoa, dirt. <laughs> and at first I was like, what? Like, but then it's like, oh, she's on. She's spent her life on Camino, where it's basically water and buildings. There is no dirt on Camino. You know, maybe a little dustiness here and there, but they're pretty clean over there. So their joints probably keep up with that. And uh, she had never seen dirt before. I thought that was that was kind of cool. Uh, but then I, I was, you know, the the thought that the thing where she was playing catch was overdone. Um, like she was confused about it and it was like, come on, it, it's catch. There's nothing to be confused about, you know, but it was like, she didn't get it at first. She didn't, Oh, you're supposed to play catch. Like, oh. it, it was just like a little bit too much. Like, all right, we get it. You know, the dust thing was cool. This is too much. Um, and, uh, you know, I get what they were trying to do, but, but it just felt like it didn't quite land for me where they were trying to establish her as, as still a child. Yeah. Um, uh differently from from the rest of them and it was okay yeah it was all right you definitely get the vibe they're setting the stage with her with her attitude pushing boundaries pushing back um sort of rolling the eyes and very much preteen teen type of mentality yeah again it's probably character development for the future because i'm not sure what they have planned but you know it is character development it was just it just seemed a little much at some yeah. point. Yeah. But who I did really like this arc was um, Crosshair, and particularly that episode three. I thought him leading that troop was really good character mm-hmm. development for him in establishing his brutality. You know, it was already established, but kind of doubling down on that and having him murder that guy who didn't want to follow orders. You know, it's just like, all right, Crosshair is not messing around. Um, and he's not going to put up with any crap from anybody. So but that was pretty cool. All right. Anything, any, anybody else that stood out to you, Drew, from this chunk of episodes? Uh, really just Finnick Shand. I thought that was neat. Just yeah. the, the Mando Boba Fett connection there. How yeah, they incorporated yeah, yeah. that. Sure. So, and I know we're a little late watching Bad Batch. So right. I, I, I just found that really cool. Like, Oh, they probably planned this at the same time or around the same time. 
and we're just now catching on to this connection. So I guess most people would not know nearly as much about her watching this as we do. And maybe that's why it was in part disappointing to me. Cause if, if all you saw was a little blip of her in the Mandalorian and then it's like, you get this, it's like, Oh, more Finnick Shand, you know? Right. We've gotten a lot of Finnick Shand at this point. Right. Right. I mean, she is a main character in most of the book of Boba Fett. Um, and, uh, and her role there again, to me was just, okay. You know, uh, I like her, but, um, I loved her in Mandalorian and I liked her in book of Boba Fett, if that makes sense. And then in this, it was like, okay, cool cameo, but is anything going to come of this or is this just kind of a throwaway? Right. Just a one-off. Yeah. One-off. Who knows? We'll find um, out. Although my favorite character, I have to say from all three episodes we watched was echo for his droid impression. That was funny. Oh, I, don't remember I enjoyed that. Yeah, and John, and I see that look of confusion on your face too. I don't think either one of us remembers this. When Hunter <laughs> sold him as a droid to get money. Oh, yeah. And then That's he goes right. back. And he's like, oh, yes, I will go back and follow orders, I guess. I mean, and it's just his You're right. That was cool. His voice, the way that it was so funny. I was laughing out loud watching him do so. Right. And actually, I one other person I really liked this time was Tech. That moment at the beginning of the second episode where everybody's like, dude, we're about to crash like right now. And he's like, yeah, but you got to think about the priority of these things. He's like, yes, we're going to crash. We might die. We also have this chip in our brains that could be a lot worse than death if it goes off. So I'm going to focus on the more important thing. And if we crash, we crash. <laughs> I, I was just like, you know, a normal person would have been more worried about the crash, right? But he's yeah. got this sort of analysis where he's like, wait a minute. If you really think about it, <laughs> even though this crash is really bad right now, it's much less important than, than this inhibitor chip. That's that's could be what, and I just thought that breakdown of him was that, that, that yeah. you know, uh, calm okay. neglect of something that everybody else was freaking out about was a really cool character moment for him. Um, just because of his technical analysis of like, this is priorities. This is what I'm going to focus on. You know, mm-hmm. loved that moment. So anything else you want to say about the episodes before we get into our next part here? I, I did um, make a little note on that, that episode three as well um, was that I think the, the continued looking into the problem of getting an affordably huge soldier army to, you know, to rule the galaxy with is being addressed. I think that, I think that's pretty, pretty cool to see. Um, they mentioned potentially having localized squads that were trained by clone soldiers rather than having an entire clone army, basically to save money. Cause they can get localized troops a whole lot cheaper than they can develop a clone, but they can develop a clone to be the trainer of the localized troops. And so just to kind of see that transition, um, you know, progresses is, is, is pretty cool. I'm actually reading audiobook, uh, reading the novel Tarkin right now. John, I don't know if I mentioned this to you yet. Um, and it was a pretty early, I think it was maybe the first or second novel that was released after the 2014 um, canon switch. So I, I presume this novel was actually in development before that change. But then it got, you know, pulled into the new canon. It, it is canon, but it began its development during Legends, I think, based on the timing of everything. But anyway, there's a moment in that where Darth Vader is interacting with an old clone. So this kind of takes place like, you know, maybe a couple decades, a decade or two after the events of Bad Batch uh, in Order 66 and all that. And so it's, it's a mission that Tarkin and Darth Vader go on together and it kind of, you know, as they're exploring the rapport that they have that you see in episode four. And there's, there's a moment where Darth Vader interacts with one of the clones, um, an older clone and is um, uh, sort of mocking him for how old and slow he is becoming basically to where he's on the verge of being unfit for service, you know, um, and so to kind of see that addressed here and to kind of see, okay, the clones eventually do transition out and they transition out pretty quickly to where, you know, 30 years or 20 years later, right. Uh, episode four, um, less than 20 years later. I don't know how Luke Sky old Luke Skywalker is in episode four, but he's not 20, right. He's like a, he might be probably around 20. I, I really don't know. But um, 
uh, by that point, clones are a thing of the past, right? So this is this is going to phase out pretty quick here, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I thought that was cool to see. Anything else? All right, so let's rank. We'll each give our quick ranking of um, the uh, what did I call them again in the notes there? The altered clones rank the altered clones and drew your background. There's really helpful. Drew's got a background of the five um, less Omega. So we'll rank the six and we can kind of glance at Drew's crew back there to, to reference our, our favorites. So Drew, why don't you start us out? Give us your, your, your ranking best to worst or worst to best, however you want to do it. And we're just doing it based on these episodes, right? No, I ain't do it based on whatever you want. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, your overall ranking was my intent here. Okay. Um, Who do you overall like ranking, the most and the least? Crosshair, probably. Crosshair, definitely, actually. As um, number one? As number one, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Crosshair, Echo, Tech, then Hunter, and Omega still at the bottom. Okay. All right. Did you put Wrecker in there? I might miss. I'm sorry. Um, he is sec. or no, he's third from the bottom third from the bottom. Wow. I think yeah. your list is going to be really similar to mine. So, um, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to put crosshair at the top and then I'm going to go tech echo hunter. No echo tech hunter omega wrecker. Yeah. That, that moment with tech in that, third episode i just i like i said i just really loved it and it made me really interested to see other moments with tech that we may see in the future where he is non-conventional because of his technical approach to things so mm-hmm. maybe that's all we'll see of it but hope to see more and it made me really like him a lot so and the others i think i've talked about last i think crosshair's higher for me now too uh, i really liked his moment that same episode actually that episode three was good for both of their development it was good for crosshair's development it was good for tech's development for me so John? Yeah, so uh, Crosshair is my number one. Wow. Okay. Uh, as well. Um, so Crosshair, I still like Wrecker. He's two. Yeah, okay. Um, right. And then probably Tech, Echo, Hunter, Omega. Wow, Hunter is low for you. Huh. Do you like Hunter? Or No, I just you don't? don't care okay. for him much. No. Okay. He's, he's like an altered clone with his ability of being leadership. I just. Okay. I mean, there's. Yeah. And knives, which I leadership think. I know knives. you thought that was kind of cool. And face paint and bandanas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know you thought the knives were kind of cool. I, I love the knives. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if they were like mini lightsabers or something, that'd be different. But uh, I feel like yeah. knives right. have much a place in, uh, in Star Wars unless you're. Wow. Okay. Like a caveman. Okay. He just didn't do a lot these episodes. I don't know that that second one. I think he did um, because he was really involved in in promoting Omega going off, right? Yeah, falling unconscious. Yeah, I it. guess. And then he went with Omega to that. He wasn't really the focus of it. Omega more was, but he went out to hunt that animal with Omega and got knocked out. So yeah, kind of looked weak that episode, really, if you think about it. But, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Cool. All right. So a couple of things I want to mention as we talk about what, what we have going forward. Um, first of all, John and Drew, um, last time I said, I mentioned this to you. I don't know if you read it or not. Right before we started recording, I mentioned in a text that last time I think I'd said there were 14 episodes, but there's actually 16 episodes of the bad batch, not 14. And we're through four. Um, can we do four a week? Or do we need to do three a week? If we do three a week, we go four weeks. If we do four a week, we go three weeks. I'm okay either way. What do you want to do? I think we can do four. Um, let me look at something. I'm okay with three. What we had said before was we would do three, three, four. So now we either need to do three, 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 or four, four, four. I'm fine with four. Okay. All right. We'll try it. If it ends up being too much, we can modify it. Um, but we'll go for four episodes for the next the next week. And then for our listeners, we are also going to begin reading um, three novels. And I don't, are y'all planning on doing that in conjunction with watching The Bad Batch over the course of the next month? 
or are you going to kind of wait to start that until after? I'll probably wait. Probably wait. Okay. Yeah, so then after we like... finish the bad batch, we might have to take a couple weeks or so. Um, and then did you want to, uh, do you want to do all three in one episode or do you want to split up, split them up in multiple episodes? How long I'll mention what the books are. So the junior novels, I think if you just sat down and read it, probably like a three hour read would be my guess. Three to four hours. Per, per novel? Per book. Per book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Per book. I'm thinking probably oh, three hours reading. would be my guess. I know. Me too. Me too. But they're junior yeah. novels. It's like an easy read. I'm um, not going to sit down and read them in three, four hours though. Is the thing? Sure, it'll be like yeah. three or four days of me picking it yeah. up and doing like thirty down. minutes at a time or something. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then um, I say we split them up. Split them up. One novel per episode, I or do you want to so. do the two junior novels? Maybe then, the two junior novels, um, and then because the, the, the audiobook because the audiobook's a lot longer. It's like a what? Like did you did you see yeah, like, like a 13 hours? hours? Thirteen hours. Yeah. Whoa. So that'll be okay. That'll that'll warrant its own episode probably. So. Yeah, yeah, but I say we do the junior novels together and then the audiobook if y'all are okay. good with that. Uh, yeah, that sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. So, um, do you guys happen to have handy the title of those? Ezra's Ezra's Gamble is one novel. The other junior novel is one that introduces a character that isn't going to be there at the outset. He's going to appear after a few episodes, like a few episodes in, he'll come into play. And, and this is the background before that takes yeah. place servants There's of the empire of the galaxy edge of the galaxy Rebel is it servants the of the range. empire servants of the empire edge of the galaxy i think is what it's called right yeah so okay. what it is i've got something that like that servants it's, of it's, the empire imperial justice servants of the empire the secret academy right so that servants of the empire series is four novels that came out in conjunction with rebels but not as adaptation. So there's other novels and things that, that they came out with that they just adapted episodes to a book, right? Kind of like they do with all the movies where they'll come out with a novel version. Well, they have junior novel adaptations of certain episodes. We're not going to read any of those. These are stories that there are no episodes about, right? That happen in conjunction with the series. So similar to our, uh, um, you know, what was it called? What's that Dark novel Disciple. called? Dark Disciple. Yeah, similar to our Dark Disciple book that we read before. I doubt it'll be as good because Dark Disciple was so good, but who knows? Yeah. And then the, what's the audiobook called that we're gonna that we're gonna hear? Audiobook slash just you know regular uh, novel. This is not a junior novel, but it did come out before Rebels came out to introduce Rebels characters. Do you have a new dawn? Handy? A new dawn is the other novel that we'll read, and we'll do it, our own episode about a new a new dawn. So yeah, my my Audible says it's twelve hours and forty three minutes. Oh man, that is so long. That's that's wild. I'm so interested that I get the junior novels, right? Because this is a, I mean, I, th- I, I get the impression, I'm under the impression that Rebels is a very, maybe even so more so than the Clone Wars, a very kid focused series. Could be, yeah. We could be wrong about that. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Um, but I'm, I'm a little bit surprised to see what seems like more of an adult focused novel um, based on that series before it ever even comes out, you know? So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. So we've got that. Um, as far as emails are concerned, um, I uh, I don't have any emails except for one, and this is from from Alex. and And uh, Alex emailed me. Um, I'm sure you emailed a whole lot of other people the same thing, but uh, but he mentions this service where in some bit small business that he's starting where. Uh, they're going to start paying. They've got this thing where you, they, they're bringing people together where they will pay podcasters to interview uh, individuals on their list. You can go on their website and you can pick out these individuals from the list and, and you, you know, they kind of coordinate all the details and then you have them on your podcast and this company will pay you 20 bucks or something, you know? So, you know, these, it's not free. I have to subscribe to a few things. And so I thought we might, we might try this to, to recoup some of the costs. So yeah, I reached out to this pod match service. And, and uh, so on next week's episode, we're going to have a, a special guest. Um, will Smith will be coming and, and discussing his upcoming role in the star Wars universe, where he is a uh, bounty hunter who specializes in hand to hand combat Sneak attacks. 
and he's in an open relationship with Asajj Ventress. So hmm. keep uh, Asajj's name out your mouth. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to that discussion next week. If you would like to email us, you can send us an email to Star Wars Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>